Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre reviews, theatre booze, and theatre news. So welcome back to another episode. This episode of Theatre Club Podcast is going to be a dance double. We have two new ballets, mm-hmm. one from the Scottish Ballet, which is The Crucible, based on the Arthur Miller play, and the other ballet is Christopher Wilden's Like Water for Chocolate, which By is the Royal Ballet. Ballet. Both shows have now finished. They're just short runs, but they are in rep. They'll come back around. We'll talk about that more in the reviews of those shows. But it's a dance double episode this week. Which we didn't even plan. We just no. booked two shows and... It happened to be two ballets yeah. we saw in one week. Interesting to like contrast them, having seen two ballets so close together. I really like doing that. It's yeah, like when yeah. we did My Fair Lady and... Um, Car- uh, My Fair Lady and The Thing at the Young Vic. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, seeing two kind of similar shows can be quite interesting, yeah, I think. Yeah. So we'll get into that later, but why don't we start, as always, with your top tip. It's a good one this week. I know what it is already. It is Guys and Dolls, yes. which is our family's kind of favourite musical. Yeah. We saw it at the National Theatre when we were children. We've, we've Went watched... to see it again with Ewan McGregor, Jenna Russell, Jane Krakowski. Yeah, we've loved this show. And then we saw it recently, well, a few years back. Remember the Chichester Festival Theatre production? Yes, we did. Yeah. And um, it's now being brought to the Bridge Theatre, this brand new production, and they are going to be doing a sort of immersive um, staging of this, like they did with Midsummer Night's Dream and like they did with Julius Caesar. So the audience. Yeah, it's brilliant. The audience kind of make up some of the scenes. So in Julius Caesar, you were the people of Judea or whoever it was. No. (laughs) Judea? That's like. Jesus. I'm thinking of Monty Python. (laughs) Um, Julius Life Caesar. I've got so confused. Basically, all my history is based off Monty Python. Yeah, um, Rome. I'm pretty sure it's set in. Yeah, that place. Rome. <laughs> oh god. Them so um, this immersive production is going to be at the Bridge Theatre, and you can be part of the audience, or you can sit in yeah traditional seating. So yeah, they have like a pit in the middle, don't they? And basically seating on four sides. And then oh, when we saw both the Shakespeare's um, that he did in that style. We walked around. We yeah, kind of, we you're sort of part, of, part of the crowd. Yeah, they don't like interact with you. No. It's not like a, an actual interactive thing. It's like, but you're in it and the, the actors move in, a, in and amongst you and you kind of step back and the scene happens. So we've already anticipated that we'll be seeing the show multiple times. So we thought the first time we go, we're going to go and spend good money and get decent seats. Yeah. And then we'll love it. We'll go back and we'll probably do the standing which is crowd. usually what they do on the Today Ticks Rush. The Rush tickets are usually for the standing seats. So that's why I thought second time I see it, because I'm seeing it twice, I'm 100%. sure. Unless it's dire, but... The songs are so good. It's such a good musical. You could, It's hard to it's got, make it up. It really is. And this production, directed by... Yes, so Nick Heitner, creative director of the um, Bridge Theatre, has directed this. Who, oh, designer is Bunny Christie who also did The Curious Incident oh, yes. and Company. So um, I'm excited to see those designs. And choreographer is Arlene Phillips. Arlene Phillips. And lighting designer is Paulie Constable, Ooh. who does a lot of stuff at the Royal Ballet, Royal Opera. That yeah, right? that's an interesting creative team, because Arlene Phillips, I think, um, we grew up watching Annie, and she did the choreography for the movie Annie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd be really interested to see what she does. And also, just like... It's an interesting concept to do an immersive like musical. Not many people have done it, so that's going to be yeah. Just book it; it'll be great. 
oh yeah, this is going to be like the show of the summer. One, you know, and it's running all summer, right? So it starts on the 27th of February, 2023, and it mm-hmm. goes through till the 2nd of September, 2023. Yeah, so that's, that's like a, a six-month run. So that's my top tip. Guys and Dolls at the Bridge Theatre. When I told somebody at work today that I'd just booked a show for March 2023, their eyes were like widened. They couldn't believe that I'd done that. But just I was do, like, that's nothing. You should have yeah. seen what I did for Hamilton. Yeah, you've got a book a year and a half in advance. And this is, I mean, it's Guys and Dolls. And it's already selling out. Yeah. Like it's already, not selling out, but sorry. It's selling. It's selling well because when we went to book seats, it wasn't like there was a huge choice. So even though it may seem kind of bizarre okay. to be booking something for like summer 2023, just do it. Yeah, this will be a fun thing to do with friends as well. It it has that feeling where you walk around in the immersive pit thing that's kind of like a you know, it feels a bit special. Yeah. It because feels like summer. The thing is is that if you if you aren't like us and you kind of like you clear we clear our diary for theatre, so we're happy to do the ticks, the today ticks. Lots of people if they don't book things they don't go. So I yeah. actually think for some people it's better to get get a big show like this that you know is gonna do really well. Yeah. This is just gonna be just, a big fun musical. I would just book it, yeah. Totally. Okay, so let's talk about our first of two ballets that we saw in a week. Uh, We'll just do them in the order we saw them in. So we first went to see The Crucible, which is by the Scottish Ballet. Is it Scottish National Ballet? Just No, it's just the Scottish Scottish Ballet. Ballet. And they're a Scottish-based company. We've seen one of their works before, which we'll talk about later. And this is their new, I think it's been on once before, at the Edinburgh Festival, maybe they premiered it a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. And The Crucible is a very famous play by Arthur Miller. I don't think I've ever actually seen it though, but it is set um, in America. In Salem? Or somewhere in sort of New England, pilgrimy times. And Mm -hmm. it's all about when they were accusing people of being witches, basically. And the play was all about, yeah, that hysteria that's created when someone in the town, a young girl, Abby, who works for the Proctor family, she's accused of being a witch. She's found dancing in the woods. And I think the play was like a metaphor for communism, basically, at the time. And like the sort of, you know, people accusing each other of being communists in America throughout the 50s. Okay. That sort of wild hysteria that was whipped up, who's a secret communist, people turning on each other to save their own sake. And that's kind of what this play was using witchcraft to do. So it's quite a wordy play. So Mm. that's kind of an interesting idea for a ballet, but sort of very wrought. So I thought... Mm. You know, we thought this was going to be good. And also, we love this company. So even though, even I'd have seen anything that they do, pretty much. Yeah, so we saw, the last show of theirs we saw was A Streetcar Named Zaya, another great American play. And that was just incredible. So we well, so I saw confident. it first, and then I oh, told you? you. Yeah, and I loved it. Did you see it for a second time for me? Or and then again? you went and saw it without me when it came back because I was like you have to go and see this Oscar it was so good and this new production is choreographed by Helen Pickett an American choreographer who actually danced with the Forsyth Ballet in Frankfurt remember we went to see the Forsyth evening Mm -hmm. so that was an interesting little link to the last time we went to Sadler's Wells Um, she's choreographer and the composer is Peter Salem and should we start with the music? Yeah, I was just about to say the music's a thing that we both loved and you are so much more observant than I am but in the interval, you were like, oh, I can't believe all that cool music is by a live orchestra. And I was like, oh, I thought it was a soundtrack because it literally just sounded, it's so modern. It just sounded like mixed music. It didn't sound live somehow. So the music is a kind of mix of, it starts off very folky, traditional American folk music when yeah. we're in the town to begin with. But the really cool bit that made us kind of set up was when the girls go into the woods and do their witching dance, it all suddenly went modern. That's the first time we heard the synthesised music in with a live orchestra. It was incredible. That really turned it up a notch, didn't it? Yeah, to switch from one thing to the other, to go from the folk 
and to see sort of classical star ballet to that was really cool. And that moment was amazing. The lighting, the way they did that is kind of what I remember about Streetcar Named Desire. Like it felt so fresh and energetic. Mm, and that is actually something worth saying is like Scottish Ballet is a traditional ballet company like the Royal Ballet. Mm-hmm. So even though they do really modern stuff, the technique and the sort of basis of their dance is traditional. Yes, and it's all point work. Yeah, it's all point work, lifts, pas de deux, ensemble scenes. It is it is traditional ballet, but just done so in such a fresh and modern way without being like the foresight thing we saw, which was to cool music. Like yeah. this, this is just how you, how traditional ballet I want to, all of it to be now. It's funny because I made that joke. I was saying there's going to be lots of that classic sort of ballet mime where they're, you know, pointing, each other, pointing crossing the arms yeah. to show. But actually that, no. it used really realistic gestures, but still told the story in sort of mime, so to speak, in dance. We could really, there were some scenes that were more expositionary rather than dance moments that they had to kind of get information across, but they did it with much more authentic movement yeah so let's talk about two of the scenes that we loved yeah because something to look out for if you do go and see this ballet these are just two things that like we were just blown away by so obviously you mentioned about this dance where the girls go into the woods yeah the lighting goes dark and you could they have all got this long long hair and they're just beautiful sort of girls in this sort of shadows and then the lighting sort of comes up a bit and they you realize they actually were naked yeah they're taking all their they're I, taking all their i think they probably had new some sort of stocking um, stocking yeah we were sat quite far back and obviously the lighting was intentionally dark it wasn't sort of gratuitous but they were i think they were topless yeah and it really was quite effective like you said with their long hair flowing around yeah it was eerie and the way they were all leaping yeah it was really it was so well done wasn't it we loved Mm. that that's what a good ballet can do is like it can call to mind just an image and i can like picture them all yeah it was like a painting that you'd see Mm. when you were younger and be terrified by come to life that's what i love about ballets when you can like picture a free shot moment you can picture the poster you know you can see a scene happen and then the other thing that we thought was brilliant was in the first half there's a dance between abigail who is the maid up for the proctors and the husband who she is having a relationship with they do this beautiful pas de deux and it is sexy Mm, like he is throwing her around like, well, I think that's part of like the authenticness of the movement. It's not it's traditional steps and technique, but they were it was very like real human emotion, so you could kind of feel it. And I think that genuinely. was like you know having a female choreographer. That sex scene mm. was really really erotic. I think. Yeah, because it's kind of about women's sexuality yeah. and being persecuted for it, and I felt like it did have some real. But it wasn't like erotic in a kind of obvious way. If you can think of sort of sexy moves, as it were, it didn't no, really. It was she just wasn't like watching people having. Time. It was just kind of the way they connected together. Yeah, and the it. sort of shapes that they made, and like mm. when they were doing these lifts, they'd sort of just keep them and hold them for a second, so yeah, you'd yeah. get. It was just so good. Oh it my god, really I good. loved that. I also really liked his romantic. Um, so we should say Nicholas Shoesmith played John Proctor. He was really good. Such oh, yeah. a strong dancer. I really liked his frame. He was quite, he was like slightly bigger for a dancer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He was quite sturdy and Manly. strong. And that's, yeah. I guess, what this character is stoic. And his, um, what was his wife, Elizabeth Proctor, played by Sophie Martin. I thought their kind of romantic part of her was quite nice and as well. And so different, obviously different mm-hmm. than the um, one where he's like throwing Abigail around and they're sort of really passionate. This was like a relationship, a marriage. Yeah. You, could, you really got that from the two different dancers. Mm. 
Yeah, I thought they were both amazing. Didn't we just and... love this ballet? Now I'm thinking about it all over again. I'm like, I really mm-hmm. would like to have gone back and seen that a second time. Yeah, so it has finished because these ballets don't run for long. It's touring. And I think it's actually going to America, though. So if you're in the States, it's going to the Kennedy Center and somewhere else. Is the Kennedy Center in New York? I don't know. Was it in know. Washington? I have no idea. It'll be one of those two, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's doing a tour of America, but this is a rep company, so it will come back in the future at some point. So if I it ever can't does, wait. If it ever does, and if Streetcar ever comes back, I'll go see both again, just to relive those kind of moments of, yeah, it was very cool, authentic, dark, very cool. sexy, um, sort of, yeah, it was really good. Loved it. Apart from the bit where all the girls screamed, you know, when they're in the court oh, yeah. and the witches scream and they actually full on screamed, but it was also amplified. There was some like echo to yeah. it. That's quite full on. Mm. But it is the crucible and that is a really important part of it. So I feel like that moment was quite good. It's just unusual to hear people screaming in ballet as well. so loud. Yeah. But yeah, it was incredible. A really, really, really good show. So Scottish Ballet and also Streetcar, I was going to say, was also, I can't remember her name, but another female choreographer. Mm. So it's interesting that the two shows have really loved. And it's not very, it doesn't happen very often that ballet companies have female choreographers. It's still quite rare. It's happening more, but like the Royal Ballet, if you think about it, they've started using a few more female choreographers, but ballet is dominated by male Oh yeah, like all of the ballet studios like a yeah. named after male choreographers. Yeah, which is crazy because there's so many amazing female dancers who aren't, it seems, given the opportunity to move mm. into that, maybe where male dancers are. But it's happening more and more and it's amazing that both their ballets that we've loved have had female choreographers. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So we'll look out for Helen Pickett's work. So, yeah, if you ever get a chance to see The Crucible mm. by Scottish Ballet, book it. It's an 100%. absolute rave review for us. It was really good. And a quick, quick mention, I want to talk about the seats. Oh, yeah. We sat... Um, so we sat at the back of the first circle. Back of the first circle, and then we moved in the second um, second act, and we moved to the sort of sides of the circle, sides of the circle, the slips. Slips of the And first we sat circle in the chairs. And when you're sitting, like, on the side, like on a balcony, you, you kind of get people that sit in front of you and then lean mm-hmm. forward. That is the problem with the slip. And then you're like, so do I lean forward now to see past you? And I mm. wish we'd all just said, should we all just sit back? Yeah. It kind of, that kind of annoyed me. I don't know if I'd sit there again. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's move on to our second ballet of the week. At the end of that week, we went to see Like Water for Chocolate, which was the brand new feature length new work commissioned at the Royal Ballet. Which they don't do very often, hardly ever actually. Um, but this was by choreographer Christopher Wilden, who did the last full... Oh no, Liam Scarlett did the one before that, but Alice yeah, in Wonderland. And Winter's Tale. And Winter's Tale um, are both Christopher Wilden and also not at the Royal Ballet, but he did American in Paris. And... The rest of the production team, he has also brought with him from The Winter's Tale and oh, Alice yes. in Wonderland. So Bob Crowley's designs, Bob Crowley who did Phantom of the Opera, I believe. I think it's Crowley. Crowley, you're right. Bob Crowley, music by Jody Talbot. Talbot. And uh, let's do music first. Yes, I mean, it was very similar to Alice in Wonderland, if you've seen that ballet. Um, Joby does this kind of frenetic, um, kind of tick-tock kind of really plucky music. Yes. And it was very, I mean, it's just his calling card. Like, it just sounded so Joby Talbot, and I loved that. 
it sounds kind of filmic, doesn't it? Yeah. And this um, ballet, Light Water for Chocolate, based on the book by uh, Laura Esquizel, I think it is, um, is set in Mexico. So it had kind of, it, they didn't go for like a full trying to create Mexican music, no. like, but it had like a flair to it, mm-hmm. I guess, didn't it? Yeah. You could hear some, there was definitely a Spanish guitarist. Um, I think he was listed on the programme. He was like a special yeah, guest guitarist. Yeah, he came guitarist. on during the show. He came oh, on, he? yeah. He came oh, on yeah, at one of the scenes. Yes, he yeah. did. So that was really nice. Cause, and also just to be at the Royal Opera House, that orchestra is huge. I mean, when you because we sat in the amphitheatre, which is the, as far as you can go up, and you get to see like right down, and you can see them, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's huge. And then the sound that it makes is incredible. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that for so long. Mm, you're right. We don't go and see things that size. No, like my fair lady had a big pit for the West End, but this is Royal Ballet. This is Royal Opera House, and like that sound. I haven't heard that for so long. You're like, wow, this is full orchestra. This is like being at the proms or something. You're yeah. getting a full classical evening of classical music plus dance. Plus, you're in the Royal Opera House, and just everything is perfection. Do you mm, know what I mean? So it's so big just, in there as well. It, it feels. So, it does feel very grand. It does. It does feel very grand, and this production. Um, so music we really loved. I think it worked best in the big group moments. Oh, really? Well, t- say a little bit about what the story is. Oh, yeah. So kind of launched straight in. Yeah. But I actually read the book as well. And, you Oscar know, I has feel like read the last like three episode, books in his life. But I really don't read very many books. And like even the things we've seen, I'm always like, I haven't read the book. But for this, I thought I'm going to read the book so I kind of know what's going on. Yeah, and and it was book. so good because then you could you told me when I walked to the theatre, you were like, yeah. okay, so here's the general. Yeah, because it's based, the book is kind of uh, magical realism. And so the main character, she loves to cook. And in the book, you get recipes and stuff. And the sort of magical realist element is that often her emotions get put into the food and then the people who eat them experience those emotions. And it's it's a book all about a long lost love affair and duty to family. She's the youngest daughter, so she can't get married. She has to look after the mother till the mother dies. And so the love of her life marries her sister. And so it's this sort of fraught love affair that she'll never have the love of her life and family duty and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot going on. And I just felt like the although these big group numbers didn't sort of tell the story in that way, I just think I just love watching the Royal Ballet all work together. And Christopher Wilden's choreography can be so sprightly and fun and it kind of comes out, especially in those moments. I also think like, because like Chocolate for Water is such a, Again, it's a modern, fun, um, a modern fun piece. I actually think the dancers love doing it and yeah. learning it and challenging. It's really challenging this choreography. Mm. Where not that it, like the traditional stuff isn't, but I just feel like they've done Nutcracker. You know, they've Loads done le- all of Swan Lake. Yeah, th- you can see that they are loving it. Yeah, and Chris Gordon just works with groups so well. When you see all the spinning plates that never distract from each other they all work together as a cohesive whole your eyes constantly darting around I think he just does those big numbers he stages them so well so the principal cast in Light Water for Chocolate so this is the cast that Christopher created the ballet on is Francesca Hayward plays Tita the main character and people may know her from Cats the movie she was famously bad (laughs) yeah but she was very good in it that she was the kind of the star of that movie she plays Tita and Pedro her love you know, her unrequited love is played by Marcelino Sambe. Their part does, especially towards the end as the the love affair grows. They were fantastic. They were really Oh my really god, good. let's just talk about our favourite well my favourite, I'm saying our which was the ending. I would say the beginning and the ending are the two strongest bits. So his opening the opening tableau with 
the women yes, in the day of the cooking. dead masks knitting. I think they were oh, knitting. Oh yes, they were um, knitting. Sitting on those chairs at the back. That was such a cool opening. But image. even the opening image of the cook showing her how to make dough. Using and, a piece of cloth. Yeah, that was all fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The opening and then the ending. Let's just talk about the ending. The ending tablet. So this is the kind of big culmination of the story. And I won't spoil it in case anyone wants to read the book like me, because we're kind of, you know, readers, you probably don't know, but us readers. Um <laughs> We don't spoil things for each other. It's called spoilers. And people who read a lot like me <laughs> wouldn't spoil anything. But the ending is a big, a big sort of emotional climax. And the magical realist element really comes into full effect. And that last I'm image like, he created. Do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? Because... I don't know if we'll be able to describe it well enough anyway. And it's there's too much story to explain to kind of explain what happens in the end, I but think. But let's just say but the ending is very big. powerful. They've used graphics. They've used... Projections. Projections. Amazing, yeah. um, the set comes alive and it takes you a while to see, are those two people doing that? Is that it's smoke? Kind of, is that mirrors? Some aerial work. Some aerial work. Something comes down and they're just left... Like, you're just yeah. left looking at this image and everyone... It was really amazing. That like yeah. sort of moment of silence where everyone was like, oh, yeah. wow. It was like just watching a sort of like performance piece at the Tate and you yeah. just walk, and then you're just walking around in this quiet sort of looking at these two people. It was mm. so good. Yeah, the ending was incredible. I would almost go back. It is long, can I just say? It's like mm. two intervals. Yeah. So it, it is long. And if I was going to go back, I'd almost just go back and watch that ending. The ending was incredible. It was what that ending for me is the bit that I talk about when I've been speaking about this to people. Yeah, it was amazing. I think the thing that we that I found lacking a little bit was um, Joe Talbot's music was great, especially like I said, I like the big group number stuff. There wasn't a really strong love theme, you know, like a repeating. Yeah, like there love. is in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah. So when they come back together and when they see each other, the music really kind of needs to pull you along and remind you they've got this love affair. And usually you have that love theme that mm-hmm. a few notes that you can really hear. Like repeated, yeah. And I know it's only the first time we've seen it, and we've seen Alice in Wonderland more, so you kind of we know the music better. But there should be that should be the thing where you have a real clear melodic phrase that you repeat. I think you should just be able to remember it, even while you're watching it. And I couldn't. While you're watching it, you might not remember it after. While you're watching, you should hear, "Oh, that's the love theme." Yes. And even in Alice, I know again we're not comparing, but like even in Alice in Wonderland, her sad song is so sad. Do you remember? And then her sisters come and join her and you're mm. like, this is actually bringing a tear to my eye. There were some like really sad moments in this heartbreak mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like the music like amped those bits up either. Yeah. So I did like, I like the music. I like to listen to it if they do a recording, but it was lacking in those kind of moments that pull you through in the story, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the story wasn't also, I'm so glad that you were there to tell me. Yeah, it wasn't, su- it wasn't clear. Mm. It was quite hard to follow. Thank God I read so much. <laughs> Thank God you had really absorbed that book. Mm. Actually, well, because I haven't read a book in like three years. I, you know, I'm like one of those people who's like, oh my God, have you ever tried? Reading a yeah, book. Yeah, it's amazing. And all this stuff happened in the book and I remember it all. But yes, it's a confusing story. Um, but I'm glad you were there to sort of say, okay, in the next bit, this is what's happened. I was like, so I, if, yeah. you were, if we were just seeing that for fresh, I don't know if we'd have followed it. Yeah, you can go on the Royal Ballet's website usually and they do an act breakdown. So you can read what's happening and that is really helpful. And I'd recommend that generally for a ballet. Um, just find out what's going to happen in the upcoming act. So yeah, the story wasn't always super clear and it, um, you, we both said after after the second heart, uh, mm-hmm. second act, um, there's a scene like I said, her emotions um, 
go into her food, there's a scene where she's very amorous, shall we say, and that goes into her food. And then at the dinner table, everyone starts basically Oscar, getting you can very just say horny. Horny, horny, We're not horny. on the BBC. Fine. Everyone gets super horny in the book when they eat her food and they all have to like leave make excuses to leave the dinner party to yeah. basically go and have sex yeah. whenever and as soon as they can like people do it in their cars on the way home yeah. um and the sister becomes so horny that she basically runs off and leaves the family and has she sex is naked gagging of course. for it yeah that scene we both kind of said it wasn't really like sexy no. it wasn't like and especially as we had been to see the Crucible, Crucible. Mm. that had their sex scenes were just done so the choreography was so clever at making you think they they were having sex in a very art, artistic way. Yeah, this one was just like she was acting it out. They played it a bit more for like fun, and all the kind of um, male company came on in sort of traditional outfits, but like with pink, so they were like hearts. But it, it wasn't like sexy; it was more fun, yeah. sort of. Because I guess sexy, the costume was doing more of the work than the actual choreography in that moment. Really, it wasn't yeah. very sexy. And when you think about other traditional it's ballets like Myling that have got really True. good, passionate yeah, yeah. scenes, you're like, they could have done it. It's not because it's the Royal Ballet that they had turned away from that. Yeah, I think maybe they just thought they'd use it as a fun moment rather than a serious one, perhaps. But it could have been both. There could have been some more sex. It could have started off maybe more of a sexy part of dirt, and then I agree. It erupted into a funner group number. Yeah, that was so lacking. that was lacking. That was lacking. But lots of the choreography in like Water for Chocolate was very classic Christopher Wilden. Like all the things we love, the little flexed feet here and there. A lot of it was very like imaginative and you can really see that it's Christopher Wilden. So I got all the bits that I wanted, just not the sexiness, but I got the kind of the fun and the passionate part of Dare at the end was really incredible. Oh, the other bit that we absolutely thought was fantastic Mm. was... Francesca Hayward has that big number in the lot at the end where she is running around that scene. Do you know, we were afterwards mm. going, wow, how energetic. She's leaping through the air in this sort of yes. village scene. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Yeah, the last the last act has got so many good bits in it. Yeah, Just, the first act has a lot of story to tell. So there was a lot more kind of... Yeah, going on. And then once we got into the meat of the romance, it was... It was very, very impressive. Just hearing that, I just... Hearing that sound and Bob Crowley's designs that was so sparse but really filled that giant stage and created a world um it's just such a special and so kind of worth what did we pay for our tickets we Let's got quite cheap we went up in the amphitheater which mm-hmm. um we got seats slightly off to the side for 35 pounds i think they were yes just because you're slightly onto the side and although the opera house is big when you walk in you're like we are so far up like it almost gives you vertigo it's such a huge room but then when you start you realize actually this building has been like so well built for this mm-hmm. that your sight lines are crystal clear and the sound obviously just echoes around that building in such an amazing way. Yeah, I thought I was great. You feel like you're that far away. Yes, you we didn't see real facial expression up close. No. But, but I didn't feel really 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 far away. Also, what's made me real like going to see the crucible afterwards, I did that thing where I was like, "Oh, I wish we'd got better seats and sat closer because mm-hmm. we loved it." But had we have not loved it, we, and we had gone like for the 60 quidders, you'd be mm. thinking, mm, just yeah. spent 60 quid on something you didn't love. I honestly think this is the way to see new shows. Go go up high, spend 35 yeah. quid. And then if it, if you love it, like we did with Streetcar or we do with Other Swans Land, you go back, you pay 50. And That's you sit, true. If you that, go near the beginning of the run, because this was only on for like nine performances. So again, like Water for Chocolate by Christopher Wilden, brand new ballet, it's been and gone. It was only two weeks worth of shows. But like The Crucible at Scottish Ballet, 
it'll come back into rep. So in so a few years' time, I would it. go again, and I would sit <clears> closer <throat> this time. Me too, because I'd like to see it up close again. Yeah, I just love listening to that music, and I love Christopher Wooden's choreography and the best dancers in the world. You know, mm. watching oh Francesca Hayward throwing herself through the air and holding these beautiful—I mean, it's just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, it was it was really stunning. So if that comes back, that was like water for chocolate based on the novel that I read. Um, <laughs> then if you mentioned that, did you read a book? The book is, at, and also is actually super easy to read as well. And the book's by Laura Esquivel, I think. And yeah, I recommend the book. I recommend going the ballet. To recommend, are you going to create a Goodreads account and just have one <laughs> review on there yeah. for the one book that you've read? I read a book about three years ago, but. Yeah, you did, actually. Basically, when I go on holiday, which is rarely, that's when I'll read a book. But I've decided to read them on the tube. And this was quite a nice, easily digestible book. And I'm kind of glad that I'd seen it when I saw the ballet. So if this comes back round again, um, get the book like Water for Chocolate, because it's a good read. And then you'll understand this ballet more. Do you know what you should read next? You should read Guys and Dolls, because that is a book. And I started reading it, and it's really hard, because they speak in... Gangster, yes, like, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. that Damon Runyon yeah. kind of, yes, but yeah. See if you can get on it's with it because you're such a good it, reader. <laughs> I'm thinking, isn't maybe. it also like a short, a and short, it's short, a short book? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll read that one next in preparation for me. <laughs> cool. Well, next time we'll be back probably with more theatre. This has been a, a dance double, but um, we've got theatre coming up. I can't think what off the top of my head is our next show. Sister Act's coming pretty soon. We'll be going to the Southwark Playhouse. Yes, hopefully to see that new East Nation show. So yeah, we'll be back with some theatre probably. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us at Theatre Club Podcast on Instagram and if you have like two seconds free, just rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. It costs nothing and it really helps us. Yeah, you could write a review. That'd be quite nice. Um, Just to let us know you've enjoyed uh, listening to the Theatre Club podcast. Or not. (laughs) No, don't leave bad reviews. Only good ones, please. We delete the bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) If we had them, we'd delete them. No one's left a bad review. Have they not? Okay, good. No one's ever said anything terrible, why would they? So thanks for listening to the Theatre Club podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.